Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand how putting your needs first as a mama and healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. Through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, attachment trauma, the five personality patterns, and raising your child from a conscious, playful, and secure attachment perspective, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, my love? It feels so good and so right to have you back in the space with me today. And a little side note before we get started, just in case the mic is picking it up, I do have a nasally nose right now. It is super bloom in Southern California and it's gorgeous, but the pollen is popping off. And when the pollen pops off, so does my fucking nose. So that is why I sound a little congested. Now, if the mic does not pick it up, just ignore this comment and let's get rolling. So... I'm so excited to dive into today's solo jam, and I gotta be honest, I know that the podcast title might feel a little triggering, so I just want you to understand that I totally empathize with you on that, and the reason I wanted to bring this topic of conversation up is not to shame any parents for their point of view, but to simply add another perspective to it, because I know that every single parent that listens to a podcast like mine genuinely cares about their kids and truly wants what's best for them. So I simply wanted to point something out to open up your awareness to a different perspective that you might have never even considered before. Now, this topic was inspired by a conversation that I had with one of my best friend's older brothers. His daughter is a part of a swim team, and he was talking about no matter what age they are, if you don't win, everyone on the team receives a participation award. So we had this fun little debate about our point of views around participation awards for kids that are in sports, because this is a fairly new thing. I know when I was playing volleyball as a kid, no one received any sort of participation award. So this is something that is just starting to happen. Now, I want to highlight, I don't think there was never a participation award given in my generation as a kid. I'm just saying that I've been hearing parents talk about it way more than ever before. So before I get into it, I want to highlight that if my kid plays sports, 
and they receive a participation award at the end of the year because they didn't win. I am not going to be all aggro and throw it in the trash and say, you need to learn grit. These participation awards are bullshit. Okay. Like I'm not going to do that to my kid. To be honest, if my kid is ever on a team that receives a participation award, I think it's a beautiful opportunity to show my kid that I love them for who they are versus what they achieve in life, because that's a really crucial part of healthy development. You see, there's a personality pattern called the rigid pattern, and the distortion of this pattern will develop in a child If the parent really puts an emphasis on their looks, behavior, grades, and or what they achieve in life, more than showing the kid that they have value for just existing in this world. So it is really important as our kids grow up to really show them that, yes, it is amazing when they work hard and achieve something like winning a volleyball tournament or getting a good grade on a test. But at the end of the day, we need to show our kids that we love them for who they are as a being way more than what they achieve in life. So yes, if you're looking at participation awards through that lens, I think it's great. But I believe the new rise of giving participation awards to everyone for everything didn't come from that intention. It came from parents not wanting to have to deal with their kids' disappointment for not winning. And that's what I have a problem with as an attachment therapist. You see, we're constantly adding more things like participation awards to avoid having to deal with showing our kids how to move through their hardships and more vulnerable emotions. But the truth is, when they grow up and become an adult, they are going to face hardship and disappointments in life. Like that shit is inevitable, right? Like they're gonna work hard and not get the job that they wanted or try to make a relationship work that ends in heartbreak. So if every time our kid cries because they didn't get XYZ and our solution is to come up with some fake award to make them stop crying, then we're making our kids soft. And if our kids are soft, when they face inevitable hardship in childhood, they're going to become adults that absolutely emotionally collapse when they face real hardships in the real world. They aren't going to be these badass, resilient, driven beings that can trust that when they face disappointments in life, that they're going to be okay. That when negative emotions flood their nervous system because they just lost their job or are moving through heartbreak, that it's a normal reaction. You see, if we keep using these strategies to avoid showing them how to move through their emotions, then they won't know how to move through their disappointments and find the internal motivation to keep going after what they want in life as adults. You know, I think our society needs to redefine what makes a kid soft. In the old paradigm, we were taught that a kid that cries is soft, right? But in reality... Avoiding teaching our kids how to move through their natural tears in childhood is the only thing that creates a soft kid that turns into a soft adult. But when you provide your kid with the training grounds to learn that they have the capability and resiliency to move through their sadness, grief, guilt, shame, anger, fear, or disappointment when it pops up in life, 
That's the formula that allows your kid to embody grit and resiliency in life. Think about it. If most people avoid feeling their natural negative emotions when they pop up because they feel uncomfortable or feel like they're painful, then learning the skill sets to move through these emotions and bounce back is the strongest thing that you could ever do. So when we can play the role of the guide by one, validating our kids' experience, two, narrating what is going on in their internal world so they start to understand, and three, co-regulate their nervous systems back to regulation, then they're going to learn that not only do they have the capability to move through it, but that when they just drop into the body and feel it, they feel better faster, which in turn gives them the energy, strength, and resiliency to get back up and try again. And since the mind learns by repetition, I'm going to explain this again, but in a slightly different way. You see, our role as parents is to be the loving guide, to show our kids that their emotions make sense based on what they're reacting to in their environment, and also guiding them back into regulation by feeling it with them. Because the number one skill set that we need to teach our kids is resiliency. And resiliency is developed in a nervous system. When us humans are taught that not only feeling negative emotions are normal, but that they have all of the capability in the world to process it, move through it, and feel so much better after, which will allow their nervous systems to bounce back from hardships so much faster. You know, this is what creates strength in the nervous system. This is what allows people to not loop in random thoughts in their head. Like when we feel safe in the body to feel whatever is there, good or bad, holy shit, life gets easier because we're not afraid to be in our bodies. And if we're in our bodies, we're in the present moment, free from suffering. When we're in our heads, we're thinking about the past. We're thinking about the future. We're thinking about scenarios that aren't even real. But when we can learn to drop into our bodies and feel, life starts to get easier because we can shift more easily from negative sensations, emotions, and scenarios to positive sensations, emotions, and scenarios. Because the truth is life is going to have hard moments. Like that shit does not go away. So when I keep saying things like life gets to be easier, I'm not saying that life doesn't have hard moments. What I'm saying is that when you learn how to drop into your direct experience and learn how to feel the negative sensations and emotions that naturally arise in the core of your body, so think your chest and stomach cavity, you're able to move out of the pain and back into regulation so much faster. And if you're able to move through the pain faster... That's what makes life easier. You get to feel good for longer and longer periods of time. Like that's what life's all about, right? To be able to be present, to be able to enjoy what is. Even a neutral sensation counts towards positivity, right? So whether you feel neutral or positive, that is well-being. And that's what we're here to embody more and more in life. So when we can hold our kids' hand through the entire arc of their emotional experiences, They're going to see that the pain doesn't last forever, that it's safe to feel whatever they're feeling in their bodies because that's the way out of the pain. The only way out is through. That 
allowing what is and letting it flow gets us back into regulation and helps us feel so much better after. The amount of times I've repeated that it helps us feel so much better after is so important. I really want to drive that message home. I think when we start to learn about processing emotions, we've avoided them for so long because we are scared that we're going to get lost in them. But when you finally understand the skill sets to move through it, you realize, oh, that's the doorway to well-being. It's what actually allows us to get back into presence. And then the last thing I want to mention with this process is that when that settling occurs, so we like cry as kids, like, (sighs) so when that settling occurs and the well-being floods into the system, the truth is we'll naturally have more clarity, energy, and drive to know what to do next as long as we feel what's happening in our direct experience first. Remember, since kids can't self-regulate their emotions when they're younger, they need us adults to feel that experience with them through loving and compassionate eyes. Because what allows us to successfully co-regulate with our kids so that they build resiliency in their nervous system is to signal to your kid through nonverbal cues. So clearly note that I said nonverbal, not verbal, through nonverbal cues with your face, with how you're posturing your body, that you really get how they're feeling because you've been there too. And using your nonverbal cues, you can show them that you have no problem being by their side as they feel what they're feeling. You see, this is the power of mirror neurons. So when a kid is expressing an emotion and they look up at their mirror, so their mom, their caretaker, whoever is there holding space for them, and that person is mirroring back that it's okay that they're feeling that, that's what allows them to release the shame for what they're feeling. That's what allows them to not attack themselves or make themselves feel wrong for feeling the way that they're feeling. You giving them that signal that it's okay allows them to realize that negative emotions will come and go, and that is okay. And so if they start to learn that they don't need to judge themselves for feeling negative emotions, they're able to move through them so fucking fast. And if they're moving through them fast, what are we getting? A kid that's not afraid to move through hardship or hard emotions because they know how to move through it and get back to the well-being. So this is the skill set we want to teach our kids. And using tactics like participation awards actually blocks the opportunity to create that training ground to practice building resiliency in their nervous system. Because resiliency cannot be built through avoiding hard, disappointing moments. It's built through moving through hard, disappointing moments and getting to the other side better, wiser, and stronger. Now, some of you out there might be thinking, Shayna, this all sounds totally great, but I am so dysregulated when my kid is throwing a meltdown, a tantrum, is screaming, is crying, is throwing shit at the wall. Like, that can be very triggering. And the first thing I want to say is I totally get it. Like, on top of helping your kid co-regulate, you got bills to pay. You're dealing with relationship dynamics, with family, with friends. You're trying to have your identity come back to life. You're trying to figure out who you are in this world. Like there's a lot of moving pieces and I don't want to downplay how hard it can be to hold your kid in these very emotional experiences. But I want to highlight that if you do have a low toleration for your kids, tantrums, meltdowns, and emotions, it's actually pretty simple. 
It's only because you have a low toleration for your tantrums, meltdowns, and emotions. Yes, even you as an adult today have meltdowns and breakdowns and tantrums and moments where you want to scream or punch a pillow. And why might you have a low toleration for your own emotional experiences? Well, it's because you didn't have someone lovingly co-regulating with you as an infant or a child to show you the way. So that's what we're here to change for our future generations. Now, yes, is it unfair that we didn't receive this when we were kids, so it wasn't so dysregulating to hold our kids in that? Totally. But the truth is our parents weren't educated on how important co-regulation and secure attachment actually is. But the good news is that all of this pain can stop with us. That's why I think it is so essential for parents to receive co-regulation from another adult so that you can embody this truth that moving through emotions isn't so bad and is actually very normal. Because when you develop that practice for yourself, trust me, it is a lot less dysregulating to hold your kid in that. Because you know what it's like to be on the other side, the receiving side of co-regulation. Think about it. How can you teach your kid to be resilient via co-regulation if you don't even know what it feels like to receive that co-regulation for yourself. This is why embodying the skill set of co-regulation is so important and is taught in my one-on-one container and group container called the Soul Collective. Because what I want to talk about here is our role as parents from a conscious parenting and a secure attachment perspective. You see, we're here to build a relationship with our kids. But we have to remember that this relationship is a little different than your other relationship dynamics, right? Because there's a massive age gap between you and your kid. And since you're the adult that has way more years of life experiences under your belt, you need to play the role of the role model to help support your kid's developing nervous system. So how do we become role models? By showing our kids how we best navigate life, how we move through our hardships, disappointments, and roadblocks. So if it's a struggle bus to navigate through these moments for you in your own life, that's the only reason why it feels absolutely draining to support your kid in that. So this is why if you're struggling emotionally in life when you face hardship, you deserve to receive support. You see, it's not selfish to put your needs first, mamas, because when you learn how to move through your hard times, you start to gather different tools and acquire wisdom that you get to pass on to your children before they become these independent adults in the world. So moving back to this concept of participation awards, we're only using these types of strategies because we don't want to put in the effort to show our kids how to move through their disappointments and challenges. We're like, fuck, man, I already deal with so many tantrums and meltdowns. Like if I can throw a participation award at them so I can avoid one of them. Great. And I I totally empathize with that point of view. But I'm hoping that what I'm pointing to from a secure attachment perspective can open up your awareness to realize like, oh, there's actually value in these hard moments. And I actually can show my kid the way so that when they're adults, like this shit gets to be a lot easier for them. So if you can slow down and do some self-awareness, some self-reflection and realize like, oh shit, like it is hard for me to navigate disappointments. Let that be your sign to like 
take care of yourself. Do a little self-care. Like, why not learn how to do that for yourself now? This is why reparenting work is such an important aspect of conscious and secure attachment parenting. Because trust me, after supporting so many moms in this way, I have all the proof in the world that becomes less triggering, exhausting, and frustrating to hold your kid in that. Embodiment is everything. Now, I also got a little sidetracked there. So let me come back to the conversation I kept having with my friend's brother. So as I explained what I just explained to you, to him, he then asked me, so if my kid is bad at sports, do you want her to just grow up not receiving any type of award and have her feel like she's constantly failing? And my response to that was no, because another way we need to support our kid as a parent is to help them find out what they love to do in life, what they're passionate about, like what truly lights them up inside. So if your kid really loves swimming, but they keep losing, you support them in processing the frustration and disappointment because that makes so much sense, right? To work hard at something and want something so bad and not get it. But then after that, you just continue to help them practice to get better if that is what they want, right? Really underline the if that is what they want to do, not just keep pushing them to go do a sport that they don't want to do, right? But if they're losing and they're like, I'm still driven, I just want to win, like, great. Like, you support them in that. Also, while simultaneously sprinkling in, like, you love them for who they are, not what they do, and you're right there, yada, yada, yada. But you got to check in with your kid often and ask. Like, I think a lot of the time we want our kids to love what we used to do as kids. So, I asked, does she really want to swim or do you want her to swim because that was your sport? You know, I think every parent means well, but we got to be honest with ourselves. We can't expect our children to have the same interests as us or be open enough to tell us what they want. We have to ask. You know, I'll give you a tangible example here. I remember when I was a kid, I loved riding horses, but It was my mom's dream for me to ride equestrian like she did. And every time I had a show, I had a complete emotional mental breakdown because I absolutely hated it. And just a few months ago, me and my mom were talking about that time in my life. And I told her how much I loved horses but hated doing those shows. And she said, that's so strange. You never told me. But I was just 11 years old. Like, I wasn't a grown adult that felt like I had much of a voice, especially if my parents were paying for it, and it lit my mom up to see me ride in those shows. Remember, your kids see you as freaking God, so they will do what you pay them to do without even saying a peep. So it is so important for you as the adult to facilitate those conversations and help them discover what they truly desire out of life. Ask questions to help them troubleshoot and find what it is that they really enjoy. You see, if you're an adult that is very indecisive when it comes to making decisions, it's because of scenarios like this. Like, your parents didn't know any better, but them not facilitating conversations to help you explore what you truly love or help you make your own decisions like, hey, honey, here are the two shorts we could put you in. Do you want to wear this one or this one, right? Not giving you the training ground to make decisions for yourself is the reason why that skill set's a little iffy in adulthood. Remember, any practical skill set we have We weren't born with that skill set. It was developed over time through practice. So 
if your kid is not good at a sport or doesn't like a certain sport, that doesn't mean that your kid is bad at everything. I mean, every single human being is not good at everything. But every person on this planet is extremely talented and or motivated to go after something. And it's simply your role as the parent to help your kid explore what that is. And as they explore, they're going to hit roadblocks. They're going to do things that they think are the thing and then try it and fucking hate it or try something that they're really good at but don't feel motivated to continue on. And that's a beautiful thing. They get to pick. It's their life. I know when I first played volleyball when I was 11, I wasn't the best on the team, but I was motivated to get better because I freaking loved it. I was a gym rat. I just wanted to get better. I continued practicing and working hard, and I eventually became a starter and played D1 volleyball in college. But it was through trying different things like soccer, dance, writing equestrian that I found out what I was passionate about. It's just like how we learned how to develop our intuition. Trusting and using our intuition doesn't just happen. We learn to tap into it through trial and error. I always tell my clients that if you want to start flexing that intuition muscle, go and make a decision that feels intuitive and you will find out later if that was intuition or not. You see, we learn by contrast, but we got to try first. We got to be okay with failing and getting back up again so that we can try another way. Because when we finally practice what using our intuition feels like, we eventually get it. And this is the exact same process that we want to use with our kids and what they want to do in life. Maybe they don't even know what they truly want to do in life in this moment, but they should get the full permission slip to explore and discover that for themselves. Maybe they don't want to play sports. Maybe they want to write or act or dance or make art or whatever the fuck. It's just more about asking your child and helping them navigate, learn, and explore what they are lit up about and driven to do in the world. And whenever they face disappointments, we are right there to help them move through it because it all makes sense. When any human works hard to get something but they don't achieve it, they will feel disappointed. But instead of using tactics like participation awards to avoid dealing with our kids' pain, why not see it as a beautiful opportunity to help them move through it, to teach them how resilient they truly are and how they have all of the capability and capacity in the world to move through pain, get back up and try again. Because when we do that, we're teaching our kids resiliency. When we do that, we will teach them grit. When we do that, we will teach them how to follow their heart and what lights them up inside. When we do that, we will teach them how to dedicate themselves to their craft so that they have the confidence to move through the inevitable ups and downs that life will throw their way, but help them understand that they will get one step closer to their desire if they just keep going. That it's normal to move through hardship and heartbreak and disappointments and that they can make their dreams happen. Those skill sets will teach them so much more and get them so much farther in life than things like participation awards ever did.
So whew, that last bit just channeled right through me. So <laughs> I'm hoping that all of this lands and just opens up your perspective to a new way of looking at participation awards. Like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, if your kid receives a participation award in sports, in art, whatever the fuck, yes, you celebrate them, right? This is going to help them show that their love for who they are versus what they achieve. But when we can actually show them how to move through disappointment, I just wanted to highlight, like, give you a little motivation of like, fuck yeah, like, now I get it. Now I can add that to their toolbox and not see it as so scary to help them process another overwhelmingly emotional experience in their life. So as always, if you ever have any questions about what comes through in these podcast episodes, never hesitate to shoot me a DM and I'll see you in the next episode, mamas. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.